true crime friends with me today i have of course two hosts from a true crime podcast however they have probably one of the more unique dynamics that i really have not seen i mean we've seen sisters we've seen friends but we've never really or it's never really on our radar that we have a mother and daughter duo let alone a mother and daughter <laughs> duo for true crime so Welcome, the hosts of True Crime B&B, Beth and Bailey. Thank you so much for being here with me. Well, it's very nice that you that you invited us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> Absolutely. So my first question I have to ask, what was it like discovering that each other was involved in true crime? Because I know my relationship with my mother and I know she is the complete opposite of me she doesn't want to see all the gore she doesn't like it what's that been like it's funny because it it happened by accident we both were interested in true crime and she just happened to overhear me listening to the true crime guys and she said hey I know those guys and what what was your thought when you realized that I was listening to true crime? Yeah, because you were listening to true crime guys. And then I was like, wait a second, is that Michael and Lauren? And you said, Yeah, oh my gosh, you listen to true crime podcasts. <laughs> and it was only like a year and a half ago yeah. that I discovered this. Mm-hmm. So what made you guys decide, okay, we both have this mutual love of true crime. Mm-hmm. Let's start a podcast. You want to take that one? Probably after a couple glasses of wine, <laughs> uh, we looked at each other and said, we're hilarious. We should do this for good, like forever now. We're not that hilarious. No, but we it's think we by- are after a couple glasses. Um, <laughs> and it slowly just turned into the podcast, honestly. Well, it, it kind of started because we would listen to these long, drawn out um, episodes that would go through this terrible crime that would really just throw you under the gutter with you know your mind is just beaten up after that and then every third or fourth week they would do a whole a whole, excuse me a whole episode for of a palate cleanser and we thought it would be nice not to leave the other three episodes just totally in the dumps and so what if we did a bad story but then we also did a second story that would be an uplifting story and that was kind of where our concept came from mm-hmm. And I always have to do the uplifting story because she's so good at the bad ones. Yeah. Mine are never actually (laughs) uplifting. So I was going to say, I, you know, you're, you're joking about how after a few glasses of wine, you're funny. I find you both to be very funny. And I, that's why I enjoy listening to your podcast because there is some levity there. And I feel like in the true crime world, that's such a hard balance Mm -hmm. to bring well, I, I think the one thing is we're only funny by accident. You know, we never, it's never an intentional funny and it's usually at our expense. At our expense. Nobody in the store. That's the fine line. You got to walk there. <laughs> yeah. We would never right. make fun of the actual story because mm-hmm. there's nothing funny and they're not, they're not entertaining stories. 
we aren't we aren't telling these stories for entertainment we're telling them because these people deserve to be remembered mm-hmm. exactly and i feel like with a lot of content in the true crime world in general it's really hard to like skate that line of like where do you go off and being entertainment where do you go off of being like super respectful and like Mm -hmm. trying to in a way bring both to some Mm -hmm. extent because you want people to care and the only way to really kind of get them to care is to entertain them (laughs) right it's true it's like the who was it Nero you know are you not entertained? I, maybe it was Caligula. I don't know who it was. It was some Roman emperor. <laughs> so now that we know how you both found out each other was interested in true crime, I would like to know from individual standpoints how you got interested in true crime. Oh, gosh. I think for me, I'll start because I'm older. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's learned to def- because mama's got a big mouth. Um, I remember when I was in fifth grade going to garage sales around where I, where I lived and I came home with a book and I didn't know what the book was about. I just started reading the book and it turned out that the book I was reading was Helter Skelter about the, the Tate LaBianca murders. And it was in pretty gruesome detail. And Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of the hook, you know, that's when the hook was set. And ever since then, I grew up watching unsolved mysteries and things like that. And Quincy back in the day when, when Jack Klugman played Quincy on TV. So that was it for me. Okay. It's actually funny that you mentioned reading a book because I don't even think you remember this, but when I was in like middle school, you gave me the book 19 minutes. I don't remember that book. Uh, It's about, it's like a fictional book, but it's based off the Columbine High School shooting. Oh God, that was a terrible idea. And it's like taking place of like the lead up to it and then the 19 minutes of the actual shooting. And I read that and I was like in seventh grade, my teacher had to pull me aside and called my dad. Why did I buy you that book? I think you just had it on the shelf and I just took it. Oh. So (laughs) that was my first introduction. Good grief. (laughs) So it's your fault. (laughs) What have I done? (laughs) To be fair, though, they do say that any book can be a children's book as long as the child knows how to read. So... (laughs) (laughs) I think we've proven that today. (laughs) It's so funny that both of you have mentioned both of those books because actually my true crime book club that I host at a local bookstore, Words Matter, shout out to them. Um, (laughs) We just read recently, not this past month, but the few months before we read Helter Skelter. Oh, wow. And for our next true crime book club, we're not reading 19 minutes, but we are reading about the Columbine shooting. So that's just such a strange coincidence. Sorry about this. This is what happens when we record. That's why we have so many bloopers. She's meowing in the background here. It's okay. Got her. (laughs) Kitty. Sorry for the interruption. She's disappearing. I know she's disappearing, but I can kind of see her. Oh, she's so cute. (laughs) The mascot. The unofficial or official mascot. (laughs) But how fitting. Is she mostly black or is she all black? She's all black except her eyes. Mm. She's kind of brown. 
<laughs> yeah, she used to be blacker and now she's turning brown because she's getting older. Mm-hmm. She's kind of sable now. Oh, baby. <laughs> she also has an Instagram. She, she does. does. <laughs> <laughs> and what is her Instagram handle again? So everyone can follow the adorable cat behind True Crime BNB. Yeah, if you want to follow her, she is at True Crime BNB Puss. <laughs> <laughs> And she's not on any other social media because yeah, all the other ones are fakes. So don't follow them. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. She's <laughs> only got one. And if she sends you a link, don't click it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> so how, again, being a mother-daughter duo, how do you guys balance your relationship with like, you know, just your personal relationship being mother and daughter versus your podcast co-hosting relationship. Uh-huh. I don't, it's hard because we're not really that much different off the podcast than we are in the podcast. So it's really just like a thing we do to hang out and then people seem to like it. So <laughs> kind of, I, the thing is that we don't really interact with each other on a mother daughter level really anymore. I mean, she's 27. She's not a kid anymore. She doesn't need mothered. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, inter- excuse me, we interact as adults with each other mm-hmm. and we even make inappropriate jokes with each other, just like we were friends as opposed to mother and daughter. So it really just flows for us because we've, you know, we've grown up together. We grew up together. Yeah, we did. I was going to say one more than the other, probably. (laughs) (laughs) We've known each other a really long time, but I just feel like we interact on a, a, just a normal adult level and we just get along really well. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we butt heads once in a while, but it's rare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you guys go about choosing your cases? I know everyone has their own kind of method to doing that so I was just curious since there's two of you Mm -hmm. I'm always curious about how that dynamic works as far as I go I'm usually the uplifting story and I never have any interest in covering the major serial killers I don't want to focus on the killer you know if you're covering a a serial killer you're talking about the killer and you're also mentioning the victims Mm -hmm. we want to talk about the victim and talk about them and their life and what they were like And in my case, it's even harder because I have to find victims that survived and, you know, did something with their lives and made something of themselves afterwards and made use of their second chance, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, I just do very specific searches. I don't really have a database that I go to. I kind of do a brand new search every time because I don't want to get in kind of a, a rut. Mm. of always running across the same things over and over what about you um yeah kind of like you said we don't really try to go for the stories that have been done over and over again but for me it's always like the little cases of a little tiny small town that you otherwise would never have heard of and Mm. I kind of on TikTok a lot you see people in the true crime doing the little short 30 second here's what happened in this and then I go further into it kind of that's where I lean on that but Mm -hmm. You just kind of stumble upon them and then bookmark it and come back to it later, really. Once in a while, we'll use, we'll do a story or cover a story that we have seen coverage on, you know, more than other ones, more than some of the smaller ones. Mm -hmm. But 
it's normally just something that just speaks to us. It doesn't, we aren't going to cover something just because a hundred other people already did. I don't see how we can do that better than, you know, the big podcast. There's just no way I'm going to out, out research somebody who's only doing that for a living now. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know for real. <laughs> it's like trying to compete <laughs> with them on certain episodes. It's just like, why bother? Don't, you know, I hear you. Right. Yeah. Right. Speaking of though, high profile cases, I'm just curious for my own personal self, have either of you watched the Dahmer docu-series on Netflix? No, I have not. And I don't really even have any interest in watching it. I I don't want to hear about Dahmer. I know about Dahmer enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, and I feel like they do that in a very distasteful way, just from what I've heard people say that have watched it, where they're kind of like, I know that there was a scene in it though, where one of the victim's sisters got up and gave her victim impact statement and they literally word for word copied it and basically like had the actress like mimic her on the stand talking about the death of her brother. And I just think that's really messed up. I don't like that. Well, I don't know what a better alternative would have been. For, I mean, you don't want to paraphrase a victim impact statement because you're not going to get the same... So maybe mimicking her would have been distasteful, but I don't know if they had much choice as far as... I think as... just asking if that was okay was the mm-hmm. problem. Do you think they didn't? They didn't. They absolutely they didn't. didn't. She's confirmed. Oh, that is tacky then. Yeah. yeah. I didn't Yeah, know no, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Like, how could you not though? Like, that's one of the things that when I saw that, that boggled my mind because I was like, this just doesn't make sense. I did watch some of it and... <sighs> You know, I feel like they erred on the side of what was entertaining. Mm -hmm. And from a lot of people, people who aren't necessarily like so deep in the true crime world like we are, Mm -hmm. had said to me like, you know, he's getting his butt kicked in prison and part of me feels bad for him. And after watching a few episodes, I kind of get why they got that feeling because they, they kind of depict his life in such a puzzle piece kind of way where it's like, okay, so here's one aspect of what's happening now, but oh, here's this part about his past. That's really sad. So it's almost like they're trying to, in my opinion, anyway, it seemed like they were very much trying to give you excuses for his behavior. Yeah. I think a lot of true crime. mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. A lot of true crime podcasts, and you'll hear it word for word, you pity the child, but you do not pity the adult or make excuses for them and what they've done, what horrible things they grew up to do, because I'm very sorry that he went through terrible things as a child, but he did terrible things to other people. And Mm -hmm. there's no, you know, everybody has terrible things happen to them, Mm -hmm. but we don't all go out and murder and eat people. Exactly. No, I completely, I say that all the time on my podcast. I'm like, I feel bad for the child that is going through this right now. However, the second that child became an adult and knew it's not like, and I feel like that's also an air that like people try to give some of these murderers, especially with extremely abusive childhoods, as if they're completely incapable of figuring out what's right and wrong once they've become an adult. Mm-hmm. Right. 
that just totally boggles my mind. I don't understand it. And I know that there's a pattern that people get into over generations, but at some point, someone has to be the one who says, okay, the buck's going to stop here. I'm going to fix myself. I'm going to go figure out what's wrong with me and, and fix myself mm-hmm. instead of just continuing to victimize the next generation and the next generation and the next one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So one of my other questions that I have, since we're talking about cases now, you guys obviously have covered a lot of cases <laughs> in your time of being podcasters. Is there a case that either of you feel like, oh my God, I don't know why, but I can't let this go. <laughs> Whether it's an unsolved or a solved case. You want to go first? Um, we were actually talking about this earlier. <laughs> um, but Brian Schaefer from Columbus, Ohio, The Disappearance. Um, I actually first heard that story when I was just turning 21 and was going living in Columbus, Ohio, and often was around the same area that he disappeared from. So I heard that story and the next bar crawl just wasn't quite the same, you know, just walking down the street, like it was right there. Like, where did it go? Like, I will never, uh, will probably never know, but well, it had happened. Uh, it had happened a decade before, before that. that yeah. yeah. But you didn't hear about it until, right. She didn't, she didn't turn 21 when he disappeared. <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. But that's, it's just such a weird case. And then both of us, um, used to go I went to Ohio State yeah, and you so, went on campus right there so yeah and you know in my college days we would go up and down high street which is where the ugly tuna saluna is mm-hmm. and it wasn't it didn't exist when I went to school there but you know going up and down that road a thousand times and there were days that I was doing it by myself and I survived you know mm-hmm. but this big strong guy just disappeared and no one has seen him since and it's just the most bizarre thing very cool that you guys well I shouldn't say it's cool but like I like that you guys brought up a missing person's case especially someone who is not your typical victim Mm -hmm. I guess and I had actually talked with Sam Randall who hosts creme de la crime podcast I know you guys know who she is Mm -hmm. And we both discussed how shocking and almost how disgusting it is that people just assume that because you are a certain gender or a certain stature, that there's no way you can go missing right. or be kidnapped. Right. What are your guys' opinions on that? Oh, I think it's been proven that anybody can disappear. I was just listening to uh, Not Adding Up today, and he was doing Brandon Lawson. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just so weird. And who was the guy who disappeared and left his glasses and on the side of the road? I think it was in Iowa. I don't remember what oh, his I was name thinking was. Bryce that's who, no, it's no. not who I'm thinking of. It was, but there's so many of them. There's so many. There's right. so many. We, we don't even know which one you're talking about. <laughs> there's so many. Yes. But, but yeah, I mean, and we it's it's a known fact that, and I'm sorry you can't see me in the video, but I pop in and out. <laughs> it's a known fact that there are many 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 cases that we don't even ever hear about in the news because they're people of color or they are the lgbtq community or they're older or they're younger or they're drug addicts or they're sex workers and we never even hear about them because most people want to hear about people 
like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really sad. So the fact that there are so many people missing that just disappear off the face of the earth and we never, ever hear a thing about them again. Mm-hmm. I just find it upsetting and disturbing. And yeah, I mean, it's, well, what do they call it when, uh, like when Gabby Petito first went missing and then they found all of those people in the national forest on the search looking for her. And it's like, how did we not hear about any of this Yeah. before now? Yeah. We didn't know any of those other people were missing. Right. Yeah. But there they are because they were looking for the missing 20 year old white girl. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that is how it tends to go. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because it's almost like Cause you know, we have our justice system for a reason, you know, we have our policing systems for a reason. They're supposed to literally protect and serve mm-hmm. all of us. And it, you know, yeah, there was never any like asterisks that said, except for blah, 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 blah. You know, <laughs> like That's it was right. just supposed to be for all of us. However, I feel like as a society, we've become so, captivated by this quote-unquote perfect victim Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like if these victims don't fit into this little cookie cutter you know how you would hope them to be then they deserve it and it turns into victim blaming right Mm -hmm. and I think that's there's also the component of how often, because you, you brought up law enforcement is supposed to protect everyone, how often law enforcement is contacted and they say, no, you come back in 72 hours. And I know that Sam Randall told you about the same thing because mm-hmm. we love her and we're, we're good friends with her. Mm-hmm. And there's no law that says law enforcement can't take a missing persons report one minute after somebody has mysteriously been snatched into a car, mm-hmm. you know, or your child went down the street your 12 year old disappeared down the street and you haven't seen them in three hours and you have no idea where they could be. There's no reason that you can't report those people. And especially in the cases of people who aren't going to get any press coverage, if the police aren't even looking for them, how, what chance do they have of ever being found? I'm doing a lot of talking with my hands here, but you can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. And as an Italian, a fellow hand talker, I'm like sad that I'm missing out on the gestures here. Here, Do you want me to pop my head out so you can just jump? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a shame. There's so much in our justice system that just needs to be reformed and just information that people need to know about. I mean, honestly, like everything that I had searched for missing persons was like, oh, well, this state said, if you didn't, you know, you got to wait this amount of time. And then she's like, oh no, you don't have to. I'm like, what? More people need to know about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She should start some sort of an activism campaign just to let people know that. And she really tries. She posts a lot on Instagram about that's bull crap. You know, just because they tell you that doesn't mean that that's what the law says. And Mm -hmm. So it's really shameful that they just don't want to be bothered with it. Yeah. Okay. A lot of them are going to come back on their own. And if they do, you close the case then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. You had to fill out a form because somebody might be dead. That's the thing. It's like, okay, so you have to fill out some extra paperwork, but somebody is still alive at the end of the day. So that's a good day. I would think. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Yeah. If you can close more of your cases as a positive result, like this person was found, they were alive, they were healthy and happy. I'd say that was better than, yeah, we don't really care. Come back in a few days. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah. And again, as we all know, especially the three of us know that that's, that's too much time, especially if this person is in a very dangerous situation. Yep. Yep. I know it's crazy. Yeah, but I know we we talked a lot about Sam. However, I would like to know personally if either of you, and this is an individual question for each of you, you could solve any crime, any case that you've heard of, whether it was solved or not solved, what would it be? Well, I think that she answered that one with the previous one that you asked. The Brian Schaefer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one for me that I would have answered for the previous question would have been a different answer. But the, the Brian Schaefer is the one that I also it's would love to see. keep you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, there's so many though. <laughs> I could list probably 12. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm going to stick with the Brian Schaefer because it is a hometown one, you know, and he went to the same school as you did. And it's just, crazy well weird well now that we've clarified that we answered the wrong question can i answer the other question (laughs) yes absolutely (laughs) the one that haunts me that i that makes my brain just do cartwheels because i can't stand the cruelty of it is shanda sharer she was the 12 year old who was lured out of her house and they tortured her tortured her to death this poor little 12 year old girl. And that just, it just makes my skin crawl. And it was the whole family. If I'm remembering that correctly, right? You're thinking of Sylvia Likens. Oh, this, I am. This, mm-hmm. My bad. Yeah. That was a horrible, that's a horrifying one too. <laughs> but Shanda shares the one that keeps me awake. But as far as ones that we'd like to solve, you know what? I would like for them to find Harmony Montgomery's little missing remains oh because that just mm-hmm. got closed recently yeah but... her dad was charged they mm-hmm. did okay I did see something that the dad was charged but I mean sadly I was like looking for something else that's, you know you know how it is you're mm-hmm. looking for one thing you find something you're like oh I need to come back to that and then I like know. happens and you know true crime is just basically a series of rabbit holes yeah yeah <laughs> it it really really is And I mean, for me personally, I'm always interested in like the psychology of why people do like, what are the events? What is the, you know, not the perfect formula because it's different for every person, Mm -hmm. you know, but just to see like how these perfect storms are kind of concocted and how, you know, that happens and you know, you can't always blanket code and be like people with abusive childhoods turn out to be serial killers because we know that that's not true. <laughs> right. Well, or people who have had any kind of weird traumas in their lives. Um, who were the brothers? One was kidnapped and the other one was the, the serial, the murderer. He was, oh, yeah. I can't remember the name, mm-hmm. but I can't I can't think of their names. Either, Lincoln, right? Yeah, I shouldn't even have brought it up if I couldn't come up with the name. Sorry, it's okay there's gonna, gonna to be someone that. in the audience that's gonna be like i <laughs> know what you're it. talking about yeah. <laughs> yeah but there's just so many weird creepy stories and just behavior that 
you can't even begin to understand what they were thinking of or why would they do that? You know, the, the kid hiding in the walls, Danny Plant, LaPlante, Danny LaPlante. Yeah. After going on one date with her or one whatever. Date. And he was hiding in the walls of their house and tormenting them because he was just out there. I have no idea what he was doing or why. Yeah. Yeah. So the psychology <laughs> factor is beyond my understanding in almost all of these cases. And I don't really want to understand these people, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm fascinated, mm-hmm. but I'm horrified at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that weird relationship of fascination and horrifying that <laughs> is what make us interested in true crime because we're like exactly that's right. terrible but also why did that happen mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and bailey's like and where's the autopsy report i know i always feel so weird like I, i've got to be on the list because i'm just like i gotta know like i have to know i don't want to i have to like it's <laughs> exactly I know and like that's the other thing for me too I'm just like I just want to know like the unsolved ones I'm like how does no one know there's someone out there that knows something yeah you know it's kind of an exciting time to be in true crime though because so much stuff is getting solved that we never thought mm-hmm. we'd see the answer to yeah. so lady of the dunes lady of the dunes yes. and the Summerton man this year seriously yeah I and know. Um, I just did an, an episode a few weeks ago about Stacy Lynn Chahorsky, who was an, a missing person in Michigan for, for, I don't remember how many years, 30, 33 years, yeah. something like that. And she had been down here in Georgia. Her remains were found here, but she, nobody knew she was going to be here. And, and her, she and her killer were both identified by DNA, familial DNA. Mm-hmm. So science is is running up on its big white horse and it's going to solve a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Just takes well, time and money. Yeah, for real. <laughs> time and you, a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I know we're wrapping up now. Thank you both so much for being here with me today. Just for my listeners, can you just tell them where they can find you guys? Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to check us out on any social media, our handle is True Crime BNB. And we are on basically all listening platforms. Mm-hmm. We do have a link tree on our Instagram, on our Facebook, on our Twitter. Mm-hmm. But um, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, all of them. Yep. So that's pretty much anywhere you can find us. Mm-hmm. And when do you guys air your episodes typically, just so they know when specifically to look for your episodes? Uh, we air every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then every third Tuesday, we have a bonus episode that we call Adjust 1B because it's one story instead of two. Mm-hmm. And that's also at nine o'clock on every third Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you both again so much for being with me today. Guys, Beth and Bailey, they're incredible. Check them out on True Crime B&B. Again, like I said, they're just amazing. I love to listen to them and I know you guys will too. Thank you, Mary. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you, guys. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, true crime friends. You've heard me talk about my amazing friend Mandy before. She makes the best crochet, cre-cut, and custom home decor for reasonable prices. If you're looking for a -a one-of-a-kind gift or some new decor to add some new life into your home, look no further. Mandy has got you. I have quite a few items from her, ranging from a crocheted headband to Halloween decor items to my amazing and adorable Coraline ornament. Um, If you guys haven't noticed, I'm like obsessed with Coraline and I just love how Mandy makes it. She's also made me a Coraline doll that sits next to all of my true crime books. To order... Just slide in her DMs on Facebook and Instagram at Mandy Made It. That's M-A-N-D-E-E Made It on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, go to Mandy Made It on Facebook and Instagram. Send her a DM and order today. Thank you so much for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Welcome to the fall season. The Ivory Tower Boiler Room is a public humanities podcast where we interview writers, scholars, performers, and artists. Episodes air on Mondays. I am Andrew Rimby, the executive director. I'm so happy to welcome my team, Mary DePippi, our chief contributor, Kimberly Dallas, our editor, and an amazing fall group of interns. Thank you to this team. Please follow the Ivory Tower Boiler Room on TikTok, and Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Easy to remember. Our Twitter is at Ivory Boiler Room. And we have a whole new design for our Patreon. It is called the Ivory Tower Boiler Room Cafe because you're joining us and eavesdropping on our conversations that are unedited videos of all of our Ivory Tower Boiler Room episodes as if you're eavesdropping in a cafe overhearing the conversation. Well, talking about overhearing a conversation, hi, Mary. Hello, Andrew, and hello, everyone. I'm Mary DePippi, the host of True Crime and Academia, a podcast, well, a true crime podcast, that is focused mainly on the crimes committed by and to those in the field of academia. Episodes air every Tuesday at noon, you can follow True Crime and Academia on Instagram and TikTok at True Crime and Academia and on Twitter at TC and Academia because Twitter hates extra characters, as we all know. And as Andrew alluded to earlier, we have a Patreon and True Crime and Academia has exclusive bonus episodes for subscribers. As a true crime enthusiast, I don't necessarily like to pigeonhole my true crime interests. So over on the Patreon, I cover some of the more high profile cases not related to academia, such as the murder of John JonBenet Ramsey and the case of Casey Anthony. So if you want access to videos like that, go over to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and become a subscriber. Thank you all for joining us. And here's to an amazing fall season. Bye. Bye everyone.